You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, this is a, a strange occurrence, Shannon, because I was going through emails and um, just kind of checking some things out right before we got together to record, and it's a... Uh, it's very interesting to record in the afternoon. Ah, I was I was wondering where the strange part was coming up. It's like, Corey, we do this all the time. We plug in our microphones, we turn on our laptops. Yeah, I know. We sit down, look at our emails. So yeah. what's what's the strange part? Yeah. I think I know where you're going you, with it. Yeah, us. usually I'm drinking coffee while while we're doing a show, and now I just finished a glass of milk after getting my kids up from school, and so it's just kind of. You know, this is everybody. If you're a regular Sex and Marriage Radio, you know that this isn't live, other than the fact that we record live, where we don't really have any edits, so it's more free, free flowing, and conversational. It's just, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting afternoon, so I love it. I thought you were going to make a smart aleck comment about the fact that I'm actually dressed and have makeup on because I'm usually in a robe and a ball cap with no makeup for these 9.30 a.m. tapings. Girl, I have been married 22 years. (laughs) I know better than to make a smart aleck remark about how a woman is dressed. Okay. okay. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) But at least you find me in my yoga clothes today. There you go. Perfect. Up to have lipstick on, so this is kind of (laughs) a new strange phenomenon. But so, as I was mentioning earlier with the with the emails, there's uh, if we we do we love hearing from our listeners, and and we love the feedback we get, and so send those please questions and comments you have to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And I also have to say, signups are still going on for the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway. And it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Just check out the website. uh, But you know what I find comical? What's that? I find it comical that people want us to bring this to their hometown, whether they live in Oklahoma City or um, Pontiac, Michigan, or Cleveland, Ohio. And it's like, what? we are not starting a weekend tour. We are not promise keepers or women of faith. <laughs> All right? We are yes. not taking the show on the road because we have day jobs. Right. So you come to please, us. Please, please do. come to yes. Dallas, Fort Worth. It is a beautiful city. It's going to be a beautiful time of year. Um, so yeah, come to us. Yep. It'll be We're so worth it. Yeah, it'll be so worth it. So register now. Uh, the price goes up July 1. So I'm just giving yep. everybody fair warning that the early bird price is right now. It's going to jump as of July 1. So please uh, get in there now and, and save it. Because once we're full, we're full. We're not opening up more space. So right. if, you haven't, if you haven't jumped on board, jump on board. And then I have another email that's come in, and I have to just start it with this. Okay? Yeah. This, is, this came into the feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So it says, hey, guys, I've been listening for about two months, and I love it. And I'm reading the wrong email. So I'm just going to keep going and I'm just going to make it up. <laughs> it, you know, hey, how about, how about. Obviously, this one was supposed to be read. Yeah. How about some show prep on that one? That was perfect, wasn't it? Because I had it ready to go and then, no, I didn't. So here's Corey, the right one. You're, Corey, you're normally so perfect. We will allow you this one faux pas. Maybe afternoons aren't my my strong point, you know. So. <laughs> Maybe, maybe you need a nap. Maybe that, that <laughs> I'm could, not a morning person and you're not an afternoon maybe person. That's, maybe that is it. But here we go. I have it now. So we have a listener who found our show from her mother. 
the other night when her mother had had too much wine and was talking and mentioned our show. And so she's like, there's some things I did not need to know, but I'm glad that if my mom's listening to a sex podcast, at least it's one as awesome as yours. <laughs> I love it. That's exactly- I wonder what else came out in that conversation. <laughs> I would love to know that as well. Because, you know, here's, here's an interesting thing, because we know we've talked about in past shows on Marriage is designed to grow us up, and we're going to kind of allude to that in today's episode. But w- there's a marker of emotional maturity, and when it ta- when you're talking about emotional maturity when you're when it comes to your sex life, is it's the ability to imagine your parents having sex and being sexual without grossing out is a marker of maturity. That's that's a good way of looking at it. Because I never really thought you about want it that, that way. for everybody that you love to have ex- to be able to experience great things in their sex life as well. You know what I think is another marker of spiritual maturity and emotional maturity when it comes to your sex life or your sexuality? When you can envision your adult children having great hot sex and being totally okay with that. Being thrilled about that. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's it. Just because then you're kind of, it's a different perspective on how you look at what's going on, which leads us right into, I think, a a topic that needs to be discussed. And I'm going to paraphrase this email and I have it up correct on this time so I'm, i know i'm okay. reading the right one <laughs> but early on in some of the episodes of sexy marriage radio there, i believe i don't even i don't know the episode number but there was a show where i mentioned the whole concept of ultimatums in marriage that sometimes yeah. those play a role and it has a very right. bad connotation if you hear the word ultimatum do not tell me what to do don't you know all that i love you but don't tell me what to do well, that was your that, show a, a few episodes back that's true but this is a little different on the, hey, if some things don't change, we may not make it. I mean, that's an ultimatum. You know, so right. if, if you think about I it. I don't see it as an ultimatum as much as just a foreshadowing and a promise. That's true. Of, I don't know if I can hold on to things the way that they are. Just like, being honest and letting you know yeah, in advance. I like that reframe. But lots of people hear that as an ultimatum of, hey, well, you're right. making me change. and blah, I call blah, blah. it leverage. That'll work. I call it leverage. That'll work. But yeah, just when you pry a person out of their rut. <laughs> exactly. And, and you do it according to the way you want to live your life and what you hold dear. And you do it in a way that not just benefits you, but benefits the person who's being pried out of their rut. Because right. if you can show them how beneficial it is not to be in that rut, you've done them a favor. Right. But granted, sometimes the position you're trying to pry your spouse into is not going to be a comfortable position in any way, shape, or form, but that's probably another show. Right. Well, because every every change has discomfort associated with it, and so it's really tough sometimes to tolerate this process to see what it could actually produce. But So the emails, you know, the listener emails in, and, he's, he, and he goes on to explain in pretty good detail kind of the journey their marriage has been on, that he's had some issues that have exacerbated their sex life in, the, in a negative. Then... He had an injury, which exacerbated it even more. And then there was a little bit of improvement. And then she was diagnosed with cancer. And so that throws every, you know, so life gets in the way of our sex life. I mean, I, that's not a shocking statement, <laughs> I would think, to any listener. Show me a couple that hasn't been right. for Right. So now the the thing that I'm, I love is just the statement of, so she mentions to him, hey, we're celebrating, you know, a milestone, you know, a, a late 20s anniversary coming up. And he's like, wait, you left this marriage five to 10 years ago. So what exactly are we celebrating? Endurance? And 
And it's like um, you could hear that and go, oh, ow. And you could hear that with and go, well, yeah, maybe you should ind- celebrate endurance, that you're, you're still together and there's progress and it's movement. And it's, you know, it just I think it just depends on how you look at it, doesn't it? Yeah, when I read that particular email, it was quite lengthy, and I really appreciated him pouring out his heart. And I could hear that he was indeed in a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. But I also was left kind of feeling as if the fact that your sex life isn't where you want it to be, is that the only criteria that you can use to measure the beauty of what the two of you have had together for all these years, all these decades? Right. So it's it's a marker of how do you determine what's a successful thing worth celebrating? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it it just kind of broke my heart that he was focusing strictly on the sex life because marriage brings so much more to the table than just great hot sex. Yeah. And it doesn't bring great hot sex to the table in every single season of your marriage. Exactly. That's an ebb and flow thing sometimes. Right, right. That's where you and can obviously have- Obviously, this was in an ebb season yep. rather than a flow season. Yep. That, that's where you but... have those couples that have had the long-term marriages and they say, you know, like- I, I distinctly remember some friends of ours at, at church that made a comment, you know, they were celebrating like 35 years. And so that's a, that's a big deal. And their response was, yeah, probably about 25 of them have been really good. <laughs> and then some of them, yeah, no, no, those were not good. Those, no, I don't like yeah. those. <laughs> yeah. I have a cousin who says we were married 16 years and about four of those were good. So I, I get that. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that. Right. So so it's keeping a perspective because it's how do you celebrate something whenever not everything's as you want? And I think if we wanted to be cynical, we could say in our life all the time, not everything is as I want. Right? I'm sure that on any given day, there are things that you think, well, I'm mad because I'm not getting that. Yeah. And yeah. Oh man, I'm getting convicted, Corey. I'm getting convicted. <laughs> <laughs> just the past several episodes, you've been like singing Greg's praises, and, and I agree, he's such a great guy, and we get along so well, and he's you know, just been a really great co-parent and sexual partner and healer and friend and cheerleader and all that. But I got my panties in such a wad last night because he won't let me put in a swimming pool. Oh, <laughs> Isn't how, that ridiculously how funny? dare he? Man, the gall of that man. I'm not talking about a big one. I'm talking about a little lap pool. But still, like on any given day, (laughs) you're right. We don't have. And and if you had asked me last week, I could have told you something else that I was not happy about. We can always nitpick. Yeah. We we can always find things to complain about. Absolutely. And it's it's also so frustrating to let your partner have the room to – handled themselves while you leaving you to have to handle yourself yeah (laughs) that's what i sensed last night i I finally stopped myself i actually i confess Corey. it was i got up at three in the morning just my panties in a wad about the whole thing thinking he spends all this time outside in his gardens and his backyard and he really enjoys the sunshine and i do too but i don't have anything to do in the backyard i really want to pull i really want to pull he's known i want one all my life but then i started reading your book proposal okay. that you shared with me. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and I felt so convicted that, you know what? This is not about Greg not wanting a pool. This is not about him not wanting me to have fun. This is about me not getting my way. Uh-oh. Ah. Uh, and then it was like, oh, 
I'm going to have to grow up and put on my big girl panties and accept the fact that he doesn't want to have to clean a pool and I know that it will fall in his court. So anyway, all that pettiness to say that, yeah, we don't always get what we want. And when we really get bent out of shape about it, it's usually more about us than it is about them. Yeah. And as we read that email, I did wonder, I thought, okay, how much of this is really that your wife isn't meeting your needs, all of your needs right? uh, versus how much of this is that you are letting your boxers get in a wad about stuff that you really have more control over than she does. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of stuff. Yeah. So that, that's why I went off on the swimming pool change to kind of work into that is that, yeah, sometimes it's not what's missing necessarily as much as how it's making us feel Yeah, that it just drags us out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, I, what comes to mind is I had a client that um, he was pretty high on the kinky sex scale. She was on the opposite extreme. And, Low on the kinky scale. Right. And, and even on the desire scale, she's, she had a bunch of other things going on that just kind of made her testosterone level zero in her body. And so it was just biologically, it was really hard for her to get, to have just any kind of baseline desire. Right. And I would liken that to someone who's taking a medication that kills their appetite. Yeah. Trying to eat enough food to keep their weight up. It's hard when there's no hunger there. It's hard. I get it. And so when, as we were unpacking this, they had kind of hit this chronic level of, well, they knew each other. They, he knew his advances would probably be shot down. She knew he was probably going to always make advances. So they had just become status quo. And each in their own corner, harboring harboring resentment for the other when it clicked with him of, wait, I'm not initiating. I'm not pursuing. I'm not drawing her out. I'm not being romantic, which I suck at. I'm not, you know, he started he started owning some stuff. And I saw right, and I saw her start to squirm, you know, a little bit like, uh-oh, does that mean he's gonna start initiating more? And I said, <laughs> Yes, that is exactly what it means. And it's time for you to hold on to yourself and either say yes or no. I mean, that's that's because it was it clicked with both of them because they finally saw it that it's already there. We both know it. Let's just make it more overt. Let's just be more and realistic. If, and if he realized his part of the fence, she ha- she would have to realize her part of the fence. Exactly. And that's if how he it started initiating more. Yep. She would have to own it respond more yep she have to own it or, or own her rejection and and really start to face what's going on between them and that's the whole uh, that is the kitten caboodle if you will f- of marriage to me that's all of it is i am responsible for me in a in a totally innocent example of this just the other night driving home with pam and the kids and we're talking about the week because it's a sunday night and so we're you're kind of like hey and that's so why i just made a comment hey i have an intensive coming up next week it's in the afternoon, so I need you to get the kids on Thursday and Friday because I'm going to be in session till later in the day. And during busy season, I can't, I can't do that because I, I get the kids. But when it's not busy season, part of the move was so that I could have more clients in the afternoon and free up some time. And she reacted negatively to that statement because she's just slammed still at work, just busy right. with work. And so she's like, ah, okay. you know. And I could just see her getting really frustrated, and I'm like, wait. I thought part of the point of this move was for me to be able to have more time to increase my practice and, and kind of take over some things. And she's begrudgingly, and I love her because she owns her stuff, but she also kind of lets it be known she's struggling with owning her stuff. She just, I know, you are right. 
I'm just having trouble keeping up right now. Hold on. You know, and it was just, and it, so it's rather than me taking offense to that, which I did, but it was still when I saw her kind of own it, it changed to where, okay, I can't be offended by that. It's just her being real. And I want that ultimately. So and, you were just holding her accountable to what the agreement was. Right, right. And when she softened, my guess is your stance toward her softened as well. Sure. That even if she did need more margin there, more yeah. cush or whatever, that you were probably more willing to provide it than if she dug in her heels and right. said, no, 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 no. Right. Then it, then it becomes an external thing between us rather than a personal thing about us. Right. And so would you say that marriage is really one long negotiation? <laughs> um, well, I, I think that might depend. This is a different way. I haven't ever thought of it this way. Um, who are you negotiating with, yourself or your partner? Oh, good question. <laughs> I think that's where it comes down to. Be because as you were explaining this scenario, I was kind of thinking about the fact that sounds like a negotiation to me. And then I thought, yeah, marriage is kind of one mm -hmm. long negotiation about one thing or another. Mm -hmm. It reminds me yesterday, I sat down to respond to an email invitation to uh, speak in New Zealand for a two-week tour, which is something I've done a couple times before. Hold on. Wait, and wait, wait. I got to stop you. I'm coming, right? To New Zealand. Oh, do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Actually, part of the negotiation, you know, they were saying, you know, well, this is kind of on the top end of our budget. And part of my negotiation with them is that, look, Greg can't come with me this time. I'm willing to come by myself. So that's going to save you a couple thousand bucks in airfare. Does that help? But I remember the feeling in my spirit. I had Greg read over the email before I sent it. The feeling in my spirit was, Yes, I want to negotiate, but I don't want to risk losing the opportunity. Right. And I didn't want them to risk losing the opportunity to have me come in and minister to right. their women and to their couples. Right. But I wonder if we approached our negotiations with our spouse with the same lens that uh -huh. I don't want to risk losing. Right. Because usually we come into negotiation and marriage with, I'm going to see how much I can get. Yeah. And I really want it to be my way or the highway. Right. But if you came into it with, I better be willing to to risk some and to even give up some because I don't want them to walk away feeling as if they've lost. Wouldn't that be a much healthier attitude? It would. I'm going to temper that slightly though with, I want people to still go at things with, I want things my way, but I can handle it when I don't get my way. Okay. So because, you're saying aim high. Well, yeah, I, I think what's more genuine and what's more authentic. I mean, back to that couple that he was higher on the kink scale than she was. And I made the comment of, you know, it sounds to me like you have subjected yourself to the tyranny of the lowest common denominator being her. And she sets the stage for how everything's going to unfold, which means you've got a whole lot to swallow. And he's, yeah, yeah the, that's the true. The low desire partner right. has more control and in that area. And that's reality. Mm-hmm. But... I also then kind of confronted him on, hold on, if you are not making any moves and yet you're holding her responsible for your resentment, but yet you're not doing anything, that's on you, dude. You know, that's that's up to you to confront until you put it out in the open and then she has something to accept or reject. And then I tried to counsel him to don't just ask. The worst thing a husband, worst thing a high desire partner can do when it comes to sex is ask for sex. <laughs> I'm sorry. So so, so you gotta, you gotta put the alternative out there. You gotta so make a move. You gotta make, you gotta just be intentional. I, I was going to say, inspire their cooperation well, rather than require it and then be mad that they didn't play along. Obviously that, I mean, yeah, I get that, but it's just that whole, because think about it, you know, most people, 
Hey, you want to have sex tonight? That. Oh yeah, that's got it's me not going. Sexy. Yeah, that's got me going so mad. Oh wow, <laughs> where's Pam right now? I'm turned on. You know, it, no, it's the whole. Okay, I'm I'm gonna pursue you. Here's my plan. I wanna I wanna set. I want. You have to arrange some things a lot of times because you got kids or family or whatever jobs that get in the way. But it's still the best thing you can do is just be intentional and and live who you are that that because I think that's what inspires somebody per your point I think that's what draws something out of people and so right him him you confronting before, that, right him confronting that in himself when you present something worth responding to right and so when he confronted that it it changed she actually made the comment of yeah I, that does sound more appealing of him pursuing and being intentional rather than just setting the stage of asking because right. you open and up the possibility, right? Yeah, because you open up the possibility of no so much easier when you just ask. Yeah, I can envision the the higher desire partner going. You don't want to have sex, do you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow. Right. Well, that's that, a great come on yeah, right there. Yeah, boy, that's you know how to woo me. <laughs> no. So it's just it's it's being more intentional. Which for this guy, it turns out, you know, he needs to start working on his romantic side. On, yeah. on his non-sexual touch side and on some of the other aspects that are just kind of a, a, a more well-roundingness of him. And it reminds me of this, of so many of the emails that we get from women say, you know what? I, I've been listening to Sexy Marriage Radio. I'm putting myself out there. I'm responding. I'm initiating. I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I'm getting on top. I'm doing everything that I know how to do, but he's still not meeting my emotional needs. Right. So I'm kind of getting tired of this game. Right. Because to them, if they're not getting a payoff, if they're not getting reciprocation, it loses its luster pretty fast. Okay. I get it. So where do you do then? Uh, I think that it's a woman's responsibility to teach her husband what she needs. Just like you were saying, you know, he's got to man up and understand what she needs. A a man can't read a woman's mind. Right. He doesn't know what would mean the world to her. Right. Right. so for her to be in touch with what her love language is and and what she likes to experience and what she wants to hear him say, and you have to teach them yes. those things. Yeah, that's that you teach people how to treat you mantra. Exactly. And I'm such a big believer in that. <laughs> it's personal responsibility, man. It's what it, it comes is. down to. And so – I. I when I, whenever I do women at the well workshops, you know, we have 10 women in the living room, usually at least eight out of those 10, the real issue is simply two things that they have taught someone that it's okay to treat them negatively. Right. Or they have never learned to ask for what they need. Okay. Those are the two biggest, when you boil it all down, when you strip away all of the scenarios and the okay. situations that what it all boils down to is those two issues for women. Yep. And so let me bring this back to how do you celebrate something when not everything is as you wish, or how do you celebrate when a partner has kind of checked out in the sexual arena for years, maybe, and you're sitting there going, okay, here comes another anniversary, so what are we celebrating? You know, exactly. I, to me, it comes down to how do you view what's going on? Can you get to a point? This is, this is what I tell every couple that has, that's in a huge quagmire of marriage. You know, they're just totally bogged down stuck, cannot breathe, cannot see a way out. It's the same cycle argument. It's gridlock. You know, it's over and over and over. They could even switch roles and, 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 <laughs> they and, can play each other's and role carry on the argument verbatim, <laughs> you know, and, that is, and, and couples that have had it, they know exactly what I'm talking about when you talk about it this way. 
So what is it that would allow you in your relationship to earn your own self-respect as you go forward in that relationship? That's the goal of what is it that makes you look back and go, you know what, I know some of these years have been tough, but per our emailer, I've provided, I'm caring for her, I'm not leaving, I'm doing some things because she's got a diagnosis going on, and there's other aspects of my life and her life and our life that are good or that we've done, to, we've done well together. She's supported me through a lot of things. And, you know, you could kind of reframe all of it, and now you get a perspective, and it's not just that your husband won't let you have a pool. <laughs> <laughs> Which does sound so stinking petty. I'm embarrassed I even mentioned it. So basically you're saying you have to look at the fact that there are other things worth celebrating. Yeah. Besides just the sex life. Right. And I totally agree. I mean, this particular emailer has has reached a very high level of education, a very high level of success uh, professionally. And my guess is, you know, probably socially and in some other areas. And I'm a big believer in the notion that behind every successful man there's a really great woman mm-hmm. and that obviously she has supported him in some way uh, through many, many years of marriage. And when you ask the question, what are we celebrating? Perseverance? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think perseverance is worth celebrating. Absolutely. I think that perseverance requires, I mean, the Bible says perseverance produces character, Yep. but I, I also think that it requires character. You know, I, I think the fact <laughs> it does. that it does. That character has been developed and patience has been developed and unconditional love right. and commitment has been developed and a legacy has been created uh, for children and grandchildren. Yes. Yep. I think that all those things are worth celebrating. And the cool thing about it too, when you think about it, is that two people who can learn to celebrate what is good about that relationship, I think is far more likely to develop some good sex in there somewhere. Right. Because be- the ability to have that kind of perspective um, I think I can't remember the guy's name. I think it's Dan Siegel. Siegel that wrote a book called Mindsight, and it's the it's the minds the brain's ability to look at itself. It, it's a fascinating read on brain metacognition, the go. ability to yep. think about how you think. Right, and so the ability to look at something from a different perspective is actually a huge step of growth, which actually means there's more of you and there's more wholeness. Now all of a sudden you have a whole new level to build upon, just by doing that one simple fact. I mean, if you're if you're stuck in this kind of a cycle where a partner has checked out and life is not what you want, sex is not what you want, it's just a mediocre if if that level. The ability to I mean one way to change that is to become an observer of your system and ponder the role you play and why you play that role. And then, okay, what could I do that's more in line and more authentic with me? That's that's really kind of okay. This is about me. I contribute to this. So what could I do different that would change it? Am I not initiating? Am I not inviting? Am I not? You know, what is it? Am I being true? That's that's the goal. And have I effectively taught this person how I want to be treated in bed? Right. And have I not just told them what I expect, want, need, desire, crave, but have I also asked the same question of my spouse? What kind of lovemaking do you really crave? Right. And I know that so many people listening out there have their arms crossed and their lips being just patted down to the ground and just, well, the, the answer is none. They don't crave any lovemaking. I don't believe that that's true. I think that maybe they haven't craved the type of lovemaking that their spouse brings to the table and offers. Okay. But I do think that on our most basic level, we are such, such undeniably sexual beings that they crave some sort of sexual experience. It's just a matter of teaching your spouse what 
type of sexual experience would really be rewarding and gratifying to you such that you would want it again and again. Right. right. It's, it's the ability. I don't know if you look at it on a continuum or a scale, you know, like you're climbing a mountain and, you know, 10 is the pinnacle, one's the base camp. So if you can look at all aspects of your marriage or even just specific aspects of your marriage and you take that as a whole and get a, a, an accurate reading. If you're at a three in, in the last five years, you've moved to a 3.2. Hey, that's point two. Well done. Sometimes yeah. that's really tough because sometimes you have years where it goes back to a two just because circumstances that you don't handle well or just things that life deals or kids deal or job. I mean, so it's just perspective changes everything to where now you can just celebrate the little things maybe. Yep. And, and any growth, yes, can be celebrated. Even stability can be celebrated yes. because here's the thing. Even if you're at the exact same place you've been and you're just stable, there's still potential for deeper levels of con connection and yep. pleasure and intimacy. Whereas if you didn't have that stability and y'all had broken up, now there's zero chance right. that you're going to have that pleasure and connection in that marriage relationship. Absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I, I think of it in the terms of if you wanted to get out of a marriage because of 10 problems, if you get in another relationship, you're going to have another 10 problems. So You're going to exchange one set of problems yep. for a whole new set of problems. And if you and want, you know, the problems I, I, that were yours are still going to be yours. There you go. So, I don't know. The one thing that's come to my mind during this conversation, Shannon, is, is and this is interesting because of the stuff that happened in Nepal last month, with the mm. earthquake and Everest, earthquake. and I'm a big, I'm, I love Everest kind of stuff. And, oh wow! And so one of the things I've heard is, is conquering Everest is really about the ability to tolerate pain and cold. <laughs> That's it, because you can yeah. make it. You're going to climb it as long as the weather permits it. But it's the ability to tolerate stuff to really reach the pinnacle. And in a sense, that's kind of marriage at times, isn't it? It's the ability yeah, to tolerate it, it can be things. at times, but the hope, the hope of what right. you can achieve together when you reach that pinnacle yep, can be yeah, fascinating. Is great. And we hope that you can reach the pinnacle in your marriage bed on occasion. Absolutely. We hope that is really do. helping you in that regard. Yep. So wherever you are, whatever getaway. you're doing. Yes, come, come to the, the getaway. getaway. So we can really give you a guided tour of that pinnacle. Absolutely. And we will see you next time. God bless. We love you for listening.